All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome to episode two of the FS360 podcast, uh, brought to you by Mulcane Co. Um, host today, Gavin Nash, and alongside me, Chris Mulcahy. G'day, Gav. Great to be here again. Welcome along to episode two, Chris. First, uh, first episode was just a smashing success online. We, uh, we sent it out to our, um, all our clients and put it up on the socials and we had a pretty good response. Oh, it was fantastic. So who would ever have thought, mate? Got one under our belt and we're off with number two. So great work. And I think you said last week if you can get to three, you do, if you can get to four over the top of three, yeah. you're doing yeah. better than most of the world That's on right. podcasts because most right. people knock off after three episodes. So we're committed to doing at least four because then yeah. we're better than the average. Yeah, so we should be right this one because we've got our Director of Lending joining us. So... Um, he's sure to have a big audience, so I think that'll be enough to just get the momentum. So welcome along to Neil McCann. Welcome, Neil. Hi, Gav. Hi, Chris. Great to be here. Thanks very much for joining us, mate. We've brought Neil in today just uh, because last week we spoke a little bit or a fair bit about COVID-19 and the different uh, stimulus packages available. This week we thought we'd have a bit of a lending focus or a loans and finance focus and talk about um, some options for business and individual lending that may, uh, may benefit you in the future. Hey, Gav, what we might do first is just do a bit of an update on where we are at with the stimulus packages particularly. So Sounds good. Like last week, we went through in a fair bit of detail just what had been announced. So obviously, um, we had or last night the JobKeeper package was announced. So that's a $130 billion package. So that's... And so important. yesterday it was approved through Parliament. Approved through Parliament, yeah. yep. So, so now it's definitely law, it's definitely happening. Yep, it's definitely happening. So there's a lot of detail behind the headline, so we've just got to work through that. Um, plus this week we also had uh, the mandatory code for rent relief as well. So again, that's probably something that will be applicable to a lot of our listeners. So probably the main one though, the JobKeeper package, $130 billion. So the aim with that is just to keep employees and employers connected. And basically the way it works is it's a $1,500 per fortnight payment um, to businesses that will be then uh, directed through to employees. It's estimated for 6 million workers to actually apply for that or get access to that. 700,000 businesses have already registered as of the 7th of April. Um, and what, that's only been announced, what, less than two weeks ago. So 700,000 businesses have got online and registered themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think it was one of those things that's which huge, we mentioned it? last week that we just got on the front foot with our clients and registered them, or it was an expression of interest type thing just to let the government know, I suppose, the numbers sure. that they might be looking at. So we did that. So the payments will begin at the end of May, so and they'll be backdated to the 1st of March. So there's a bit of a wait yet till the money starts flowing, but I guess its key focus is just really helping those businesses that are being whacked by the coronavirus, such as your accommodation, hospitality, retail... And as we sort of touched on last week, there's almost that second wave of businesses now that are being affected. So, look, there's a lot of detail around that and I could go through it here, but I don't want to bore everyone. But, look, we'll be sending stuff out through our um, social media channels and emails, et cetera, so we'll do that. Uh, Just with the mandatory rent relief, so that's something that's going through the process at the moment too, but it really relies on a principle of good faith leasing. So basically landlord and tenants get together and work out a bit of a plan and, you know, the uh, landlord can't kick the tenant out and the tenant has to do everything possible to honour the lease. So 
there's a bit of information around that that we'll share through our channels and yeah. And if you had um, if you had any clients um, ringing up and have, uh, have you had anyone that you've been connected to involved in something like that where they are a landlord or they're paying rent and now they're sort of in negotiations and how have they gone? Yeah, it's actually been really positive even prior to this uh, mandatory code that's going to be brought in. It was really positive that landlords and tenants have been speaking like landlords have understood the situation and in reality there's no point kicking someone out is there because no. who's going to actually um and and, in? and also your market rent let's say your market rents are thousand dollars a week well if you kick if, if you evicted them which you're not allowed to do now anyway but if even if you did well who are you going to get in for a thousand dollars you're not going to get that same amount of money so your yeah. market rent's gone down and you wouldn't want to be signing someone up on a three or five year lease now um, at the current market rate because it's a bit lower. Yeah, that's so right. Your, so your best bet is to work with your tenant. Yeah, yep, that's exactly right. And we have seen that happening, so which has been fantastic. So that's where I thought the two probably key uh, announcements this week, and it's probably getting to that stage now where most of these measures have now been announced. So it's now a matter of seeing them work. So yep, let's work through them all. Yep, yeah, that's right. So we're starting to see a lot of the ones that have been announced already start coming to play, such as the PAYG withholding credits or the cash flow boost, as they call it. Uh, so that's coming through the BASs now or the activity statement. So we're starting to see that. Also, you know, the superannuation, um, the ability to withdraw some superannuation, that'll come into play this month as well. So, yeah, so interesting times, but we are starting to see some of the uh, initiatives actually start getting rolled out. So I think the main thing is, is we're hearing now they're starting to flatten the curve, as they say. So mm. that's a positive. All of that side of things is starting to work. From an economic point of view, you know, there's discussions now or a lot of commentary around well, what's this all going to look like post-coronavirus? Coronavirus, I should say. What did I say then? Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just Cut call that it, bit out. Go I have heard it called the Rona. You could just shorten <laughs> yeah, it to the Rona. Right. Um, yeah, so... The expectation now is that we'll have a trillion-dollar debt. We won't have to worry about politicians or the federal treasurer talking about or discussing surpluses because, yes, they're anticipating that there won't be a surplus or be anywhere close to it to, till 2045. Really? Yeah. That, that far ahead? Yeah, so the big questions will have to be asked on how do we increase taxes or decrease spending or a combination of both. So, But that's a long way off yet because we've just got to get through the current issues. And I think, look, if we're... Talking about a lot of our clients here at Mulcanco, there's been a lot of conversation around, well, just what do I do this week and next week and next month, you know, rather than worrying about what's going to happen in 20 years. But it is interesting to think about that. But I think for all of our clients, it's a sort of a, you know, need-to-know basis for to do with their business or their individual situation, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's get through to the end of June and then reset. I think that's probably the key things because a lot of these initiatives do run for six months, but really this period between now and the end of June is pretty crucial to tax plan, do all those things, get everything lined up. We understand what the problems are, what the main issues are going to be for businesses, and then it's a matter of how you manage that from the 1st of July onwards. And um, talking about that flattening the curve, Australia seems to be leading the world nearly on how there's less and less cases every day. I mean, if you look at, I think New York City had 700 people pass away yesterday in one day so yeah, right. that's in one state yeah. one country so um we've got nowhere near that amount i think we've had 44 deaths or something across australia which is horrible but uh we seem to be really i mean the fact that we're isolated we're an island we're on the other side of the world closed our borders seems to be working yeah it does seem to be yeah we seem to have, have had that ability to be able to you know inf- in enforce that the social distancing type things um i've seen that we've followed a a, a the lead from, say, the Singapore model. Singapore is a country that has a fairly good control over their people. Um, so we've seen to be able to um, 
pretty much everyone's got on board pretty quickly, implement the social distancing, staying at home, doing their best. Obviously, there are some that aren't, but... Um, I think they're I in the minority, the, though. Yeah, like, I, I think so. Our <coughs> everyday life, you know, in our hometown is sort of pretty... Yeah. Yeah, there's very few people around. Yeah. You know, there's no one in the park kicking the footy around or anything like that. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So a big weekend coming up with Easter. There's certainly a lot of talk about making sure we don't get uh, too excited. and Don't go to the river. No, that's right. Don't go to the beach. Don't go caravanning uh, with three other families. Yeah, I've, right. got the, I've got the tent and the fire ready for the backyard for okay. the weekend. Yeah. So, the yeah. backyard? There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's it. That's um. Yeah, I heard someone else say that today, that they're going to set the caravan up and do it in the backyard instead yeah. of doing it up the river. Look, in many respects, life has been simplified. It has. We're not all rushing around. Minimalistic. Yes, that's right. The minimalists so, to be happy with us, yeah. wouldn't they? But it will be interesting next week when our kids try and do schooling from home. Yes, yeah. Well, uh, I suppose, you know, the, the Victorian government said that, you know, kids, if they need to go to school, they can. Um, you know, for emergency services workers or, you know, if you just haven't got anyone to look after your kids and you have to work. But, yeah, look, probably 90% of kids will be at home next week um, trying to learn distance. So it's challenging. I've got one in year 12 this year, so it's always challenging, you know, for kids doing VCE in year 12. So, but, you know, they've just got to... Um, well, it's like, ev- the punches. like everything, yeah, we, we just learn to, need to learn to adapt as, as new things um, arrive and, and this is probably in some ways a good learning curve for our, for our, for our kids that got to be adapt. Yeah, and, adapt um, and things don't come easy all yeah. the time. Hey, Gav, just one thing before we move on to the main topic with Macca. The JobKeeper program, yeah, there are some complications with it. So, and particularly around uh, how you actually keep paying employees through to May, so once it all kicks into gear. So... I guess our advice is make sure you have a chat to somebody about it because there are a lot of, uh, yeah, there's devil in the detail, I, I, I guess you would say. So it's just very important to sort of plan how you're going to go about it. And it's all based on turnover decreasing by 30% as well. So you've got yeah, to be able to prove that. Yeah, there is a bit of planning around it. From so a month ago to yep, now, that yep, sort of thing. Yep, that's yeah. right. So make sure you have a chat to us about that if you well, Most will be eligible or in some way, shape or form. So make sure that we do sort of work through that, which we are with clients anyway, but just don't think that it's going to happen automatically. Yep, yeah, yep. So there's a bit of like, detail there. Yeah. Which I suppose when you're talking in the billions and billions of dollars, you know, they've, they've got to put some you know parameters around yeah, things, otherwise right. it could just go pear-shaped. Yep. Yeah. I guess that's where they need to talk to the accounting guys is some businesses have, might have a bit of a lag effect in, in, and so how do you oh, that's portray right. that to the to, to, to yeah. bring your application in? And look, it's an interesting one. I was chatting to a client earlier and um, I've had a young lad. He's been a casual employee for over 12 months and he gets paid about $80 a week. So, so is he going to go to seven fifty a week? <laughs> well, but basically he is, isn't yeah, he? Because yeah. there's going to be no asset testing or there's no... Because no, no. the, the admin behind proving what people were earning and now yeah. was so big... Yeah. For the government, that they just did a, a straight, yep. put a line in the sand and said everyone's at seven fifty. Yep. So there'll be some happy young casual employees out there. Yeah, maybe. And then some unhappy, ca- some, very, uh, yep. some unhappy people that used to earn, you know, fifteen hundred a week that are now down at seven fifty. But yep. as as they said, seven fifty is better than five fifty, which is what you get if you're on Job Start um, or Job Seeker. They're calling it now. So you know, I suppose, and everyone's expenditures coming right back too. So yeah. I suppose living and isn't costing you as much. So so my understanding, if say you you were earning a thousand a week and your employer is getting seven fifty, they still have the option to, to top up that two fifty if their business and cash flow That's um, right, because they're really calling it a subsidy. So yeah. they're subsidising part of the wage. So mm. yeah, that's how they're regarding it. So look I think as we learn more about this, um, and it rolls out. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. think, no I think for, for some business owners it might be a matter of thinking creatively about how to use those staff. So they're not, you're not just going to pay them and leave them at home. 
you know, get them to come in. Maybe there's, um, as we spoke about last week, get your staff working on content for your website or, um, you know, you could be painting the interior of your premises or you could be doing a whole lot of things with those staff even though they might not be on core business at the moment because you're semi-closed or you're closed. It's a matter of being creative. All right, guys, part two of this week's uh, episode two of the FS360 podcast. We're talking to Neil McCann, who's the Director of Lending here at Mulcanco, or for everyone out there, it's all of your loans and finance um, for your business and your individual uh, needs. Um, so we're going to throw over to uh, Macca um, to talk about um, some current um, options available. Um, Neil, what I suppose we wanted to start with, you know, you're a loans broker um, is how you're categorised. So what is the, like, the role of a broker? Yeah, so as a, a mortgage or finance broker, traditionally our role is to you know, assist clients to find the best loan that meets their needs and, and, and objectives, um, set it up in the right structure that's going to be um, best from a tax perspective um, and provide our expertise in to actually be able to compare uh, different lenders, different loans, different rates, different fee structures be able to work in hand in hand with uh, financial planners, accountants to, to to really make sure that people have got the right debt. So that's traditionally what we do. Right now, we're not in a real traditional type of space. Just so, like everybody out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so right now, we're, we're obviously talking to our clients about, okay, your particular loan that you've got in place right now, has it got the best interest rate possible with your current lender? What can we do to, to make contact and, and obviously get the lowest possible interest rate, fees, et cetera, for you right now? Then also look, okay, well, is there a better option in the market? Because the banks still are lending and there are still people that have the ability to be able to show their income and we can take advantage of, of great low rates, low fees. There's still options that we, we can get um, incentives to, to refinance. So right now... We're helping clients to make sure they've got the best setup of their current facilities, assist them if we need to be looking at variable or locking some fixed rates in, just basically helping them right now with their particular need. So the Reserve Bank meets the first Tuesday of, of uh, every month and um, so earlier in March they announced they dropped uh, 0.25 and then two weeks later out of cycle dropped another. So they dropped 0.5 um, of the what they call the RBA cash rate in March. So that RBA cash rate is now at 0.25%. So there's not a lot of room for the RBA to to um, play around with that. So we're now at a situation where, you know, in the past we've talked about oh, negative cash rates and things like that. From everything that I'm uh, um, reading, listening to podcasts, webinars, attending, listening to economic updates, the RBA has sent a pretty clear signal that they don't intend to go into into negative rate territory. Um, so I think that at the moment that we're almost at the bottom of a variable rate sort of cycle because even though last week uh, or, sorry, the week before, the RBA might have made that extra drop, some lenders, and not all, passed on maybe 0.1. So what we're seeing is because of the way that money is uh, normally exchanged around the world to provide lending, then banks' margins are being squeezed because of possibly having to pay extra for funds. So the, the so that drop that the Reserve Bank was pretty much eaten up by the banks being able to continue an, uh, lending money. So what we've seen is, say, uh, your typical owner-occupied home loan with principal interest repayments, we're seeing variable rates of, say, anywhere from 27 to 2.9%, but we're seeing two- and three-year fixed rates of 
like 2.19%. You know, you could be cynical and say, well, the banks are taking advantage and saying, well, we're going to lock our clients in now for the next two years, so don't give them the opportunity to move. Um, or we could say, aren't we at the bottom of that variable rate sort of cycle in the current economic... And let's say if you're... And the idea, I suppose, if it's at the bottom of the... Of the you know, the idea would be to fix a rate for a period of time. Well, I guess, um, you know, if you're looking at a variable rate of 2.7, 2.9 and fixing and guaranteeing for the next two years 2.19, then it's certainly a discussion that we need to be having and, you know, you may not put all your eggs in one basket, which is something that we would do anyway. If we were ever talking to clients about fix, we might make sure we've got a portion of variable to give them the ability to, to pay some debt off because fixed rates do come with restrictions. And that's where we, where we can step in and say, well, hey, this is what it actually means. If you've, if you've rang up the bank and they said, yep, we've got this great 2.19, lock it all in. Well, that might not be the best actual option for you. So that's why we get involved and, and look at your personal scenario a lot deeper than some of the, um, um, the relationships that you might have by just ringing up the bank. Yeah, Mac, I reckon what's been interesting is just seeing from a bit the business and farm loans, just seeing the difference, like the variation in some of the interest rates offered to, say, a farm loan or a business operator that's got freehold property. I, I think I've seen farm loans in the twos. Yeah, so and, and actually we, we were seeing that even before this happened. And then you look at another farmer who might be in the fours and you, and you say, well, yeah, what's going on here? So that's where um, your team and your agri team that have been helping, in particular the farming um, industry uh, or, or clients, in the clients getting a better hold of their actual structure, their business, reporting it in a way that the banks can say, well, we can see what they're doing. It's not just all based on profit and loss. Um, they've been building up maybe stock. They've been changing over um, operation the way they run their farm so then we can gives us the ability to go to the bank and say well we need a better rate for this client and the bank basically interest rates for a commercial or an agri um, business are made up into about three different parts so we've got what you what they call your base or your bbsy which is sort of at we talked about the reserve bank being 0.25 at the moment well the bbsy currently is about 0.29 so it's very close so that's the variable portion that the bank sort of uh, takes as the base. Then they'll add their cost of fund margin. How they calculate that, well, that seems to vary from client to client. And then there's the actual client margin, which is the main one that the client can have some control over by having their financials up to date, knowing their business, presenting reports to the bank to say that, that well, this is what we've been doing in the past, this is what we're doing, so that they can reduce that margin because the whole the three lots of that that rate makes up their their all up rate to to what they are going to pay on their loan. That's where the, the that margin, the better well presented the financials and reporting and, and information about their business, we we've got more ammunition to go back to a bank and say, well, hey, these guys should yeah, because I think it's always interesting when you know a bank is reviewing a customer and they ring up in February to do a review and they want last year's tax returns. Like it's sort of historical information for a start and it's, yeah, it's tax-driven information. It's already eight months late. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I think that's where that, that um, customer or risk margin is the one area that, yeah. you know, that they can really do some work on and control So or the customer can. So 
yeah, it's important to just have that information available because I think the bank want to give you the best rate they can, but it's probably providing that information so they can do that. Yeah. You don't want their hands tied by having untidy financials yeah. in the background. Yeah, and, and I guess having um, the accountant and, and the broker involved saying to the bank, well, okay, that might be the margin now, but what do we have to do in the future to improve it? And then, then you can add value to your clients to say, well, this is how we're going to implement that and we're going to hold them to account next time we go for a review. The original question there was what's the role of a broker, but it's, pre- it's pretty um, wide and varied, isn't it, Macca? You're sort of, you know, you're really the expert in this area that can assist a, a client to get the right lender or the right loan made up of the right bits yeah. to make sure that they've got the it, best. It suits their needs. And, and, and to be honest, that may not always necessarily be the lowest rate. It, it could be that there's a specific features of that particular product that, that or business um, product that, um, a client's looking for that we know that we that, uh, that will be provided, but obviously we always want to lower the cost as much as we can to the clients. Um, it's probably where the Agri Solutions team come into it here, Chris at Mulcahy Co. So you know um, Rachel Tricky and her team are sort of all about getting that that farm financials in order. One of the things they do really well is to work with a farm, make sure that they're in a position to have their financials in the best possible order to go to the bank and. Um, organised finance. Yeah, that's right. So with our farming clients here, look, Rachel and Bronnie do a fantastic job just compiling that information and part of the reason for that is to make sure that our financing structure is as good as it can be because we're seeing a lot of debt on farm balance sheets. Look, the assets have risen, like farmland's gone up considerably, particularly in the local area, but it's just so important to make sure that that debt structure is the right one for the client because... You know, farming's an interesting one. It has its good years and bad years. So we just need to make sure that we take that into account and make sure that the business can continue on and withstand all those uh, shocks that, that can happen from time to time. And look, if anyone's out there has had that frustration dealing with a bank, you know, I think, uh, you know, to get your home loan sorted or to get your business loan sorted, I suppose undertaking um, some work with a broker um, is probably your best way forward because it just gives you um, the intermediary, uh, the person in the middle, to really give you a hand, the expert in the middle that knows the industry. I won't disagree with that, Gav. Well done, <laughs> Macca. So I suppose just with rates where they're at and where we think they're going to, Macca, so record low variable rates, you could say that confidently. Yep. yep. So I guess the problem with fixing is that Traditionally, people have fixed when rates are at their highest or made that error because all yeah. of a sudden rates have started going up, they've missed the boat and then all of a sudden they can't afford for rates to go any higher so they fix. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And, and look, it's an age-old question, when is the best time to fix? And, and really it does come down to the, your personal circumstances but um, certainly right now I would have thought that we're at record lows could go further lower but, you know, by locking in now or locking in part of your debt I don't think is a bad strategy because when you look at it, there's not far much down further it can go. I suppose who knows on the up. Yeah, and what happens sometimes too I reckon is that people are following the variable rate which is typically a 90-day bill rate and they're not watching the fixed rate because the fixed rate can be going up but the variable rate's still going down. Everyone's just keeping an eye on the variable. Yeah, that's right. So you've got to be very careful with that. And I think sometimes the equipment finance rates probably can give a bit of an indication because they're sort of looking at that four or five-year time frame. Yeah, yeah, equipment finance. Um, even, even traditionally fixed rates, over the last, say, six months, we've seen fixed rates dropping and the variable rate then coming in behind it. So 
Um, and then once you start seeing the fixed rates go up, that's more your indication of, of the future. Um, so I still think at the moment we've probably got a little bit of a wait and see to see what starts happening with fixed. I think it's a little bit false in that I think the banks are shoring up, trying to lock their clients in. Um, so when there, there will be an adjustment to fixed rates soon, so that's why I'm thinking um, it's probably a good time at the moment. But again... You need to have a discussion to Depends make sure it's right for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've been uh, prior to the coronavirus as well, just catching up with clients, cash flows this time of year, etc. And a lot of the discussion was around when to fix and or to, to stay variable. And probably some of the discussion led to timeframes. And if we are going to fix, you know, is it worth fixing three years or should we be going out to? You know, five, seven and even ten years. Yeah, and then we, we've we've also seen clients who have come in where they've fixed in for ten years and, and we're thinking, gee, why was that done? It's such a hard thing to get yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if we could fix in it for ten years at 2%, yeah. that yeah, that would be a good outcome. You'd think so. And it's like anything in life, isn't it? If you consult an expert, you're usually going to get a pretty good result. Yeah, I think traditionally those people that have just sort of maybe stuck with variable through through it and not tried to pick the the spots with fixed, you know, probably have done pretty well. Um, so that's why it's always good to look at what are, what's the situation right now, where are we at, what's what's your situation, and let's make a the right decision for you. So, Maka, one other thing that we've been talking about, particularly this time of year with tax planning, um, is looking in some situations that maybe haven't been as impacted as much with the coronavirus, is looking at tax deductions and the option to prepay interest. And one of those options that's come up more often than not this year is probably whether if someone has got a fixed contract at the moment with a loan, the option to break that contract, which effectively means we're breaking it, paying a fee, which indirectly is like paying or prepaying the interest. And that's, um, I guess that's a discussion that we've had with numerous clients and um and especially around this time of the year where your best place to say, well, this might be the time that let's get a quote, let's see what the, the cost is to break, let's look at the, the tax advantages of that and then look at the new rates that we can um, go forward with and it still might be that by break, paying the break, getting the tax advantages and locking in a lower rate might be better in the long run for you. So it's a fairly complex um, type of investigation that you do for, for, that, that for those clients, but um, at the end of the day that you'll be able to show the numbers to say, well, this actually is a time that might support that. This is how it works. Here's your tax break. Um, and then we can sort of move forward and structure up that may not have been the best structure when you're locked in four or five years ago. Yeah, because I was chatting with a client of situation, I think they've got about another four years to run on their fixed contract, which is fine and I guess you do the numbers and the fee is what the interest they're going to... But what their biggest concern was, when it comes variable in four years' time, what will the rate be then? They might have missed this opportunity to like access low, low rates and lower rates. So I guess that was part of their thought process. Yes, there's a dollar figure to pay now but the missed opportunity of um, missing out on some of these lower rates for the longer term because they might break now, pay the fee, rates might go even a little bit lower, but then they lock in for that, you know, maybe five, seven, ten-year time frame, which then sets them up pretty well. But I reckon either way, it's just a this is a once-in-a-lifetime probably opportunity to sort of see rates where they're at. Um, you know, we all chat to clients that paid rates of 
17, 18, 19, 20% and can remember those days. Like this is a once in a while. I'm lot. old enough, I had one. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> this is a once... 17% home loan maker. 19% on staff rate, mate. Really? So... Staff rate was 19, so yeah. what, was it, what was I paying? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Huge. Hey, one thing. O- on my $30,000 home loan yeah, that exactly. I paid $45,000 yeah. for the house. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Just with fixed rates and say you did lock in lower and they go higher and, and you wanted to break it, obviously there's not a fee in that situation. Correct. Yeah. So if you're on a low rate, rates have increased and for some reason you want to break. Which you wouldn't. Yeah. Obviously, unless you're selling the... <laughs> selling the, the asset yeah. or there's some other reason. Yeah. Um, and technically, you should get a bit of a refund back um, because the bank's lending it out at a, at a higher... There is no, obviously, cost if you're going to break a, a fixed rate that was set at a lower environment than what you're currently in. So, Neil, um, some of our listeners out there might be thinking and wondering to themselves about uh, some of these government-funded loans. Um, the government obviously released $90 billion to the banks um, as part of the, one of the first stimulus packages. Um, how does a business access that sort of stuff? Yeah, so the detail has, has been coming through actually uh, in, this week in – the access of what we, unsecured lending up to $250,000 for a business and like everything, the, there's the, the fine detail, things like, you know, you, we need to show that the, the business has decreased due to the, the, uh, the current environment. The, the money needs to be going towards continuing business, keeping running. So there are parameters obviously uh, that, will be, that we go through. But so at the moment, most of the, the – and it's, it's – probably down to the four majors that have the ability to on the, that we can put an application through or register an interest that you are looking for one of these loans. My understanding at the moment is that um, if you're approved, you, there's no repayments for six months and then the loan goes into principal interest over a 15-year term. So it's, it's not as if um, you can just go and say, I want 250 grand and then not think about what it's going to be used for, proving what it's going to be used for and then not thinking about, well, gonna, am I going to have the ability to repay it later? But I suppose, look, no, we all, we're all fairly uncertain about what's going to unfold in the next six months. So if you need it there to keep your business operating and the, the government has said it numerous times, they want to keep people, uh, businesses operating, in, in business. keep people employed. Yep. There definitely uh, is that a, uh, the availability of that, that those um, unsecured business lending and um, so you need to have a look at what your particular needs are for your business and then get the register your interest and then the fine detail come out and we can help obviously go through that. Like what Chris was just mentioning then, um, it seems like there's a lot of opportunity coming out of this dire situation we all find ourselves in, you know, nationwide or worldwide, but it's a matter of seeing the opportunity and, and making it work best for your individual situation, isn't it? Yeah, and it's really just the timing too because everyone's hearing about these things. It's on the news all the time. But a lot of it's only just starting to get rolled out now. So, you know, we've all been taking numerous phone calls from clients and, you know, talking through their issues and how this how these measures can help them. But just getting our hands on it, which was what we're starting to do now. And I think this loan one is probably what the government have got probably scheduled to sort of start rolling out post these other initiatives. So I guess it's something that we'll start looking at a lot closer now. Like everything, that the the banks and the lenders are, they're trying to catch up with the announcements from the government. Well, how does that affect their policy lending, etc.? I'm sitting in on um, forums where us as brokers are talking to banks or um, our industry groups, and they're saying, "Oh, 
what are you going to how are you going to treat the job keeper payments well the, the bank's only found out about three four days ago themselves so you know there's a, obviously a lag effect in in credit policy so at the moment bank policy is reasonably similar we're starting this week we were starting to see some changes come through um, possibly looking at various industries that we need to provide a little bit more information to say okay well yes you are working here's your pay slips here's your bank statements to show the pay still going in here's some commentary about your particular job your particular employer and that's what that's the sort of things that we're stepping in and we're understanding so that we can make, present a loan application so it's still going to uh, go through so so the banks still want to lend money because that's that's the way they it's their business it's their business yeah there's still opportunity if you are buying a property so don't think that finance has just stopped. It's it's it is available out there. We're learning every day what particular banks and lenders will do. So it goes back to that. Okay, we'll find the best avenue for you that suits your needs right now, uh, with what policy and and um, and product are available. And it may just be that you know um, some of the some of the advice is you know we just need to sit on our hands for a few more days or until the banks catch up or until some of the policies are written or whatever. But yeah, or maybe we get, get an application in now before something changes. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. there's a whole lot of different sort of ways to look yeah. at it, isn't there? So um, that's all really good uh, loans and finance information. Um, a- as we always say on on the podcast, it's only really our our opinions and our conversation on here, but if you've got any specific needs in loans and finance, the idea is to get in touch with uh, Neil McCann and his team here at Mulcanco Lending and they can assist with um, all of what we've spoken about today. Just one last thing, Gav. Sure. Um, you know, you might think, well, what can you do at the moment to, to get yourself ready? So, you know, prior to if, – if you want you have your loan reviewed, then make contact with us, but know what your current balances are, what your current rates, what your current repayments – if you do have a fixed rate, when does it expire? If you're on interest-only repayments, when? So, so basically arm yourself with the information that you should be able to grab from your internet banking um, or the lender in particular, but most all of this information is available on internet banking. So if you have that detail before you make contact with us, then it sort of cuts, it's going to cut down some some time in, in us saying, well, get us this, this, and so that we can... Um, we can just jump straight on and get straight into actually helping you. Getting an approval or a pre-approval yeah. or whatever we end up with. Good advice. Thanks, Neil. Great discussion there, Chris, with Neil McCann, our lending and finance and loans um, director here at Mulcanco. And everything we've spoken about there with Neil is really uh, held under step six of our FS360. Step six is called the debt plan. So we're trying to cover things in this podcast, which are included in our Financial Security 360 program here at Mulcanco. Yeah, no, look, debt funding's a crucial part of any business, any household. So, yeah, look, it's just really important just to have it under control because too often, and look, we come across clients or, you know, new clients coming from time to time have just got really no understanding of their debt setup. So, yeah, it's just really great to be able to call on the experts like Neil, get them in the meeting and just go through and just look at other options. So I suppose really debt's one of those things everyone's going to be faced with at some stage throughout their life, whether it's a car loan or a home loan or a business loan or whatever. So I think, you know, the more you know about that, it's just, you know, you may not have an interest in it or you may not be great at, at that sort of side of your business, but I suppose consulting the experts does help. Yeah, that's right. And there's a lot of debt out there too. So I think making sure it's managed correctly, as we touched on during the discussion with Neil, it's just really making sure you're getting the best deal because interest rates are at record lows that can be a huge difference to your cash flow, so just make the most of that. Yep, potentially a lot more money back in your pocket week to week. 
Um, we've had a request come in from episode one, Chris, from our uh, colleague Jody up at uh, Queensland. So Jody said that she'd love to hear. Um, so Jody's an accountant up at our Queensland Sunshine Coast office, um, and Jody said it'd be great for our listeners to hear a bit about how to recession-proof your business. So we thought what we might do over the next few episodes, thinking about a recession probably on the way, is let's have a let's have a, a couple of minute chat at the end of each podcast about recession-proofing your business. So today, Chris is going to have a crack at step one. Yeah, thanks, Gav. Look, it might sound a bit negative, but it's possibly the reality. So I think it's better to be prepared and put in place what you need to with your business now or your household or anything just to make sure that you've got everything under control. So... I think our main topic today is one of those critical elements to recession-proofing your business because I think the whole funding of your business, whether that's a farm or any other business or your household, just making sure you've got enough working capital within the business. So that's why we all should be reviewing our loans, making sure that we are paying the least amount of interest that we need to be paying and looking at that from a cash flow perspective, a long-term perspective and then keeping an eye on things to make sure that we look at locking in rates when most appropriate, okay? So that might be for part of the debt. Um, as Neil mentioned, we probably don't look at uh, locking in the total debt, but part of the debt uh, particularly. So, yeah, I think it's just very important to get that side of your business right because that just creates a lot of certainty moving forward. I suppose it frees up cash too because let's say, you know, traditionally you might think, oh, well, look, I need a new piece of equipment for my business. I might just go out and pay cash for that because we've got the money in the account, so I'm just going to go and pay cash for it. Now might be the time. No, no let's take advantage of some of the, the lending and, and loans and finance opportunities. Let's get that under finance and leave some of that cash in the bank so that we can sort of make sure that our business floats through these, these kind of tough times. Yep, that's right. Just having that buffer just for when things do get tight and we don't know what's around the corner really, but uh, we can probably start assuming the worst, I suppose. But um, yeah, but just planning for your business, just giving it that that check to make sure, well, if this happens, how's my business going to react or how's it going to deal with these issues? We've already had a, you know, a major change and we're all dealing working through that at the moment. But I think as we sort of get through this next three, six-month period and I guess the government is sort of handing out the money or the stimulus for a six-month period and then I guess it's what they do from there on in. So I think, yes, we can rely on the government for part of this, but I think we need to look back in our own businesses and just make sure that we're doing everything or fixing up things that can be done more efficiently. I think um, probably the worst thing you can do is stick your head in the sand and start peddling harder in your business and just start working harder and say, I've got to work my way through this and, and start working hard, when there may just be a, a much smarter way of working um, to do with debt um, or manageable debt, you know, so and it helps the business out and you're not going to burn yourself into the ground just working hard and putting your head down. Yeah, no, that's right. And as we said with Neil, look, your lender wants to give you the best rate. We need to help them do that. So if we can provide them with the information that they need, reduce that perceived risk that of, of your business by providing them with information, enough background, enough forward-thinking information as well, that allows them to give you the best deal. Thanks, Chris, and thanks, Neil, today. I think it's been a great episode too. We've covered quite a lot of stuff there to do with um, uh, loans and finance for your business, individual um, uh, enterprises, as well as you know, talking about the government uh, initiatives um, and the stimulus packages going through. So quite a bit covered there. Um, but look, guys, if you're out there listening, keep the questions coming in. Um, you can send anything you'd like to info at molk.com.au or um, jump on the socials and, and put a few questions up onto um, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn. Just look for Mole K and Co. 
Um, thanks, Chris. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Gav. Have a great weekend. And a good a, Easter. Yeah, a quiet Easter at home. Get that caravan up in the backyard. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, guys. All the best. Thank See you, you later.